0: And my experience is that life is a series of opportunities to wait. And when I was thinking about my earliest moments of waiting that I can remember, I was drawn back to a Christmas, not surprising given the time of year we're in, and I was five, my sister was probably seven, and probably, I suspect, based on years past, my parents informed us that we could not get them up until there was light rising in the sky. And so my sister and I got up, 3, 4 a.m., as we would on Christmas morning, and we made our way to the largest window in our house, and we stood there like guards waiting for the sun to rise so that we could go in and jump on our parents and say, get up, it's time. And it took forever. Have you ever noticed how slow time moves in waiting? It just seems to go on and on. And as we find ourselves at the beginning of a new year, my guess is our experience of life being one big opportunity to wait will not change. We all have areas in our life that are uncertain. Outcomes that we're still waiting to realize. Like, how will the economy progress? Will there be a recession? Will I find a more fulfilling job? What will my child's daily be like? Will they have success in school, in sports, and with friendships? What will my test results be like? Will my aging parent get better? We wonder and we wait upon the Lord to answer our prayers for peace, security, health, and guidance. We wait for light to dawn in dark places, just as many who have gone before us. But how shall we wait? I just need to make sure I know what... Yep, no. There we go. But how shall we wait in the tension between the fulfillment of God's promises and our current life circumstances? How shall we cooperate with the Lord? Let us turn to our text in Luke 2, 25 through 38, see what we can come up with. I haven't written it out on the screen, because I just want you to let me read it to you. Just find yourself in the story and rest a while. Hear these words. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord, as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, Now let your servant die in peace, as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, this child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall but he will be a joy to many others. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. And as a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And a sword will pierce your very soul. Anna, a prophet, was also there in the temple. She was the daughter of Phanuel from the tribe of Asher, and she was very old. She was the... uh, Her husband died when they had been married only seven years. Then she lived as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but stayed there day and night, worshiping God with fasting and prayer. She came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph, and she began praising God. She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. I think we can learn a lot from Simeon and Anna in the passage we just read. Simeon and Anna were ordinary people waiting for resolution, answers, and fulfillment while being intentional in their relationship with God. Certainly within their story is a rich prophetic message about the coming of the Messiah that Mary and Joseph received, a message worthy of its own sermon, no doubt, but today, We're going to hone in on the relationship that Simeon and Anna shared with God and how that impacted their life and that of those around them. Hopefully, in so doing, we can learn more about what it means to wait with Jesus in the midst of the long road to fulfillment, to the answers to life's questions. Will you pray with me? Lord, I thank you that you are here in the midst of us. Let your spirit, Lord, fill us each freshly, and draw our attention to the word that you have for us, and let it make its home in us, Lord, as you do. In your name we pray, amen. Our passage starts with the phrase, at this time. What was it about this time? What was happening? No doubt many ordinary things of life, but... What was it that was special at this time? I think it's that God was breaking in to ordinary circumstances with extraordinary power and presence. Quite frequently, some 700 years after Isaiah prophesied about the coming of Messiah, Zachariah, Elizabeth, Mary, Joseph, the shepherds, and the wise men experienced a word of the Lord breaking through, coming to them through angels, dreams, and study. It came to prepare their hearts for God breaking in, Emmanuel finally coming, and then the fulfillment of the promise with the birth of Jesus. Enter Simeon and Anna, who have been waiting to see the Messiah, the consolation of Israel, and the salvation of all nations. Through their story, we get a glimpse of some of the qualities of faith that are active in waiting for the fulfillment of God's promises and his leading in our lives. So what do we see? How shall we wait? The first quality of their waiting that strikes me is expectancy. Simeon and Anna waited with expectancy. They expected God to keep his word from long ago And they anticipated that God is still speaking to them now. Hear these words. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. The text tells us that he was righteous and devout. Interestingly, the word devout means someone who takes hold of something carefully. And we will see that being devoted, devotion to life with God is the foundation that moved Simeon and Anna from rote ritual that is practicing the faith because you're expected to to an intimate relationship with God. And it's the same with us. Simeon took hold of the promises that he would not die until he had seen the lord's messiah he trusted and believed to the point of eagerly waiting its fulfillment friends it had been 700 years and no one had seen the messiah yet simeon believed god would be faithful to his personal word to him and his word to all nations simeon could believe this because he held carefully to the promises. And as a devout Jew, he knew what the scripture said about waiting. He remembered the experience of those who came before him, Abraham, Moses, the people of Israel waiting to be delivered from Egypt, and the prophets waiting for God's word about redemption from sin and deliverance from exile to be realized. Simeon held a long history of waiting and watching for God's faithfulness, and I imagine that this helped him wait through times of hopelessness, through despair, through long days of wondering. He was human after all, and we know how hard waiting is. Holding fast to the word of God's story helps us wait expectantly because it reminds us of God's presence and his faithfulness. The prophetess Anna was also waiting. Her story is more sparsely shared here, but I think that if we read between the lines, we dig a bit under the text, we will notice some important observations. Anna was devout too, a widow who stayed at the temple fasting and praying. And our text says, she came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph, and she began praising God. Now I don't know about you. Is, am I? Yep. Okay. Now I don't know about you, but I seldom come upon a conversation in ordinary life and think to myself, "Wow, a promise is being fulfilled." Maybe upon reflection, I might notice. So what I'm hearing here in this scripture is that Anna was present to the promise. She was paying attention. Her ears, the ears of her heart, so to speak, were open to God's promises as she prayed and fasted. She came along. She noticed the conversation because she held the word, the promise, the expectation of Messiah coming and was able to recognize the moment when it had arrived. She knew she was witnessing more than an ordinary conversation. It was a sacred moment. And she knew because the word was embedded in her. And she remembered that God is faithful. They each carried the prophetic promises treasured in their hearts. They held the vision for the Messiah, the one who would rescue and save and establish his kingdom. So we learn that holding fast to the word helps us wait with expectation. And I also believe they could wait with expectation because they paid attention to their life with God throughout the mundane, the challenges, the stresses, and the joys of everyday life. The second quality of their waiting is prayerful intimacy with God. Simeon and Anna waited in prayerful conversation with God. Again, the text reads, he was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. I think his devotion to God kept him in close contact with the Lord. Likewise, in verse 36 through 37, Anna, a prophet, was also there in the temple. She never left the temple, but stayed there day and night, worshiping God with prayer and fasting. We see in these verses an intimacy with God, a relationship that comes with time spent communing, devotion. Simeon and Anna were present to their life with God. Their prayers were not one way. They not only expected God to fulfill his promises, but they expected God to still be speaking. And so they listened to the Holy Spirit that God had placed upon them. Verse 27, that day the Spirit led him, Simeon, to the temple, and he went. That suggests to me a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, to God's leading. Anna, no doubt in conversation with God, made her way to where Simeon was meeting Mary, Joseph, and Jesus. And I wonder if she finds herself there because of a sensitivity from the Holy Spirit leading her to that she cultivated in long conversations with God. The Holy Spirit was actively guiding them to the right place at the right time, and they were listening, attuned to God's leading. They had developed what Dallas Willard calls a conversational life with God through the power of the Holy Spirit, They expected God to still be speaking because he is a relational God and has a long history of speaking to his people, a history that in their devotion they held carefully. They knew and still believed God was a personally and collectively communicating God. So they practiced prayer that allows for enough silence to hear the Holy Spirit prayer that is open to God as one who speaks to a dear friend and out of deep love and respect listens. On listening to the Holy Spirit in his book, Hearing from God, Dallas Willard writes this, People are meant to live in an ongoing conversation with God, speaking and being spoken to. The Spirit who inhabits us is not mute, we are participants, not spectators. Accordingly, we seek to interact with God in a relationship of speaking and listening. Nothing, nothing is more central to the practical life of the Christian than confidence in God's individual dealings with each person. The biblical witness assures us that Dallas Willard is onto something here. It tells us that God is near. And he is chatty. Just a few of the verses of many I'll share with you is this, Isaiah thirty twenty one, And your ears shall hear a word being said, This is the way, walk in it. Jeremiah 33, 3. Call to me, and I will answer you, and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. Family of God, friends, he is still speaking today. As Jesus said to his disciples at the end of his days on earth, it still speaks to us. He writes this, or he says this, and John writes it in John 14, 23, 26. Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. My Father will love them, and we will come and make our home with each of them. But when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is, the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. Are we listening when we pray, viewing it as a precious gift like rest that Jonathan spoke about last week? Do we revel in his presence, marvel at the expectation that he speaks to us. It can be intimidating, because we do not often speak about what it means or the way of the Holy Spirit working within us to guide us and direct us. I find it helpful to know that we will recognize his voice, as Christ tells us we will in the Gospels, with practice, and that there is grace upon grace to grow in confidence. So when you pray, ask for the grace to quiet your heart. Listen to its cries, its longings, its joys, and offer them to God. And then listen for his response, as Simeon and Anna did. They longed for the Messiah, and so they listened. As we share our longings and we listen, we may hear God comfort us sometimes with a reminder from Scripture, sometimes with an image that comes to mind, or through the beauty of creation, or the stillness and peace that comes from his presence. We meet God face to face, and it is a loving face that we encounter as he speaks to us. And if what you believe that the Spirit is speaking lines up with God's character, the biblical witness of redemption and restoration is loving of God's self and neighbor and builds more of his kingdom on earth, a kingdom of shalom and total well being for all of creation. Then I believe you can be confident that God is speaking to you. So take the next step, but stay humble and continue to communicate with God and fellow believers, adjust accordingly, and always, always be willing to begin again. And as we wait, listening prayer will keep us awake to our life with God and the guidance of the Holy Spirit within. An intimate life with God connected to his love and his faithfulness also makes our waiting bearable. As we wait, he tenderly holds us, giving us the good gift of the Holy Spirit, a spirit that infuses us with hope in the waiting. We learn to trust in his speaking to us, even as our listening to his voice gives us the power the opportunity to respond. The third quality of their waiting is responsiveness. Simeon and Anna were responsive to the Holy Spirit while they waited. Their story demonstrates that waiting is not passive. We have a role to play as co-laborers with Christ while we wait for God's promise to be fulfilled. And as we practice listening, we will find that we are more watchful, alert, and awake to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And staying awake and listening, we have the opportunity to be interrupted by the Holy Spirit as Simeon and Anna were. Not as ones who presume to know how God will fulfill his word to us, but ones that trust that he will. And this gives us the beautiful opportunity to respond to the Lord's invitations. Listen to these words. That day the Spirit led him, led Simeon to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. Simeon was there. Likewise, Anna was there, led by the Spirit to the right time and place. And I wonder what they had to let go of to respond. What plans and agendas for the day did they have to release? A receptivity to being interrupted does not come naturally to us. Being available and present in a world of distraction and hurry is truly one of our greatest challenges. But our prayer practices, our devotion to our relationship with God will help us be more intentional, especially the practice of allowing silence to make way for listening. Because in the silence, we have the opportunity to notice God trying to get our attention. And that gives us the opportunity to respond. And in their responding, what a joy Simeon and Anna experienced. To hear, to see the Messiah, the promises of God being spoken to them fulfilled. Take this in. In the story Simeon held, Jesus, in his arms. Out of his devotion, his expectancy, his willingness to be interrupted, he got to hold the Messiah. Here's what's true of us, people, family. We hold him in our hearts. He's that close. And by some mystery, not only do we hold him in our hearts, he still holds us. We are held and we hold. An awareness of this truth fuels our devotion, and it inspires our availability to the movement of the Holy Spirit, to God speaking, and our opportunity to respond. Jesus is closer than our breath. Are we taking the time to become aware of his voice? And are we open to responding? Because here's what's true. Our response, it blesses us, it brings God glory, and it is for the sake of others. In their story, we see that choosing to respond in times of waiting is not just about us. It's for neighbor's good. Simeon, having fully received the fulfillment of God's word to him, now offers a word to Mary and Joseph, a word that they will ponder and treasure a word that spirals forward to us even now. And they join the great cloud of witnesses who have and who would speak of Jesus' life, death, resurrection, and redemption of all things. And Anna was able to speak to others, to praise God in the midst of others, and announce that the Lord had come, the waiting was over. And she could testify to this, because she experienced her own waiting bearing fruit. Hear these words. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. She demonstrated a sensitivity not just to the Holy Spirit, but to the community that God had placed around her and the invitation to bear witness to the dawning of God's redemptive plans. Out of expectancy of God's faithfulness, a conversational life with God, Simeon and Anna were led by the Spirit to notice God moving and responded. We are called to that same active, intimate life with God, to bear witness to God's unfolding story for all and for us personally. And as we tell the story of our life with God, We help others see his goodness and start to recognize his voice in their own life. People of God, we are empowered by the Holy Spirit. That same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is alive and active in us. And the Holy Spirit can help us wait through long days with expectation. With the power to prayerfully listen and commune with God and with the grace to respond as he leads. I began this message talking about that Christmas morning. And this is the gift that I opened. As you can imagine, no wrapping paper, just a sheet. But I, I wasn't complaining. Um, and well, this was a very awesome gift because it saved me from hours of boredom in long winters. This Barbie dream house, it pales in comparison to the gift of the Holy Spirit the power of Jesus working in us to draw us close, to speak to us and help us respond. Will you pray with me? Lord, I thank you that you are a God who looks at us lovingly, that there is no condemnation with you or in you, that when you speak, it is grace-filled, So Lord, help us boldly listen. Help us trust you. And help us respond with courage. In your name and for the sake of others, we pray. Amen.